Good evening, friends. You're listening to Heart of Indie Radio, and you are in for a treat. We have Emmy Award-winning composer, multi-platinum music producer, USC mindfulness teacher, and author Richard Wolfie here tonight on our show. And actually, it's not Richard Wolfie. It's Richard Wolf, but friends in the industry know him as Wolfie, and it is a true honor to have him on our show right here on Heart of Indie Radio. So welcome, Richard. How are you? Um, I couldn't feel better with three hands. Thank you very much. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, and I, I think that might be the most creative response of all time on this show, so thank you. Um, we're thrilled to have you on the show this evening, and you certainly have had a huge music career. As I said before, Emmy Award-winning composer, multi-platinum music producer. You started your very own music production and publishing company, The Producers Lab. And that has an impressive catalog, by the way, listeners. Uh, their songs have been featured in film and television episodes on pretty much every network and platform from broadcast to streaming. Uh, it's it's safe to say that there's a lot of things that you've covered in your lifetime. How do you do it? And do you ever feel overwhelmed with the magnitude of what it is to be you? I think everybody feels overwhelmed by the magnitude of what it feels to be them, I'm sure. Um, and just, you know, I stuck around. I've been around for quite a while, right? So it gives you some space to, uh, to accomplish things, to get hit by something that uh, might turn into something magical. Mm. And do you think that throughout your career, have there been maybe moments where you thought, oh, I just, I'm done. I'm, I, I don't want to do this music thing anymore. Or... Yeah, maybe kind of share a little bit about your journey. I would love for folks to kind of hear how you got to the place that you're at. Well, as far as not doing the music thing anymore, um, I'm sure, you know, you have your ebbs and flows, your high energy and your low energy. Um, <clears throat> but the music always comes back. You know, it, it's involuntary. For me, it's always been... Uh, like right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic, so people don't come into the studio. And I'm rare, you know, I am motivated to do recording, but not as much as I am motivated to sit down at the piano, which I haven't done in God knows how long, and just write music on the piano. Uh, I just have to do it. It's It's like breathing or eating. But at the same time, music alone, if you're, you're living your life, as music, as a musician, and that's your livelihood. And, and uh, as you know, when you're a musician, there's no 24-7 separation between 9 to 5 in the morning or 9 to 5 in the evening or whatever. <laughs> it's, you're, you're on call every day, every minute of the day as a musician, mm -hmm. but you have to live your life and you have to live with yourself. And so you have to go beyond just music because music itself is not enough. I like that. I think especially what you touched on earlier about how this is obviously an interesting time. Uh, we're in unprecedented times around the world. But just as, as you've said, the opportunity to maybe not produce people in a studio the way that you have, you know, for so many years. But you sit down at the piano and now you're doing something that maybe there wasn't as much time for, but you've found this kind of new joy. And I think that that's really beautiful that 
this that this space has allowed for that to happen and it's probably was a bit of a surprise um sometimes i think when we when we do something that we really love but we've kind of lost sight of it or haven't had time to do it it just it's like coming home it's like a really beautiful feeling so i really i really resonated with with what you just said there i'd love to know maybe some stories or um a little bit more about how you came how you came to a point where you you're also an author and a teacher of mindfulness and you've come from this amazing background of of music and the music world and you've somehow figured out a way to merge those worlds together or maybe in your opinion the worlds are already connected but I'd love to know your personal journey and how you got to a place where um, you have your own podcast and you're an author and you have a real heart for um, the importance of mental health and I think that's something that really resonates with our station so if you could kind of give us some thoughts on that. Well, I was fascinated and curious about Zen when I was in high school, um, reading books that had just come out about it from Alan Watts and D.T. Suzuki, among others. And uh, I went to a Zen center around the corner from where I lived at the time. I was a senior in high school. And I learned how to meditate. And because now when I look back on it, because I was uh, a piano player, I was used to sitting down and focusing and sitting you know, still and concentrating pretty much. But I wasn't very good at uh, the technique that they were teaching us, which was to follow your breathing, stare at the wall and don't think because I kept thinking, of course, <laughs> I kept, kept being distracted. And I tried it in high school as a freshman and, and I had some good days. Uh, but, you know, my idea was I need to reach enlightenment. You know, I'm 17 years old. And it's about time. And I, I wasn't getting there. So I gave up and I, I, I had my first record deal when I was a freshman in college. But anyway, if you fast forward decades, being in the music business on all sides as a staff songwriter, as a remixer, as a producer, as a songwriter, um, I made a change in career sometime in the late 90s early aughts to transition conscientiously or consciously into film and television, um, specializing in hip hop because people that could do hip hop were not interested in working in TV or film. They just wanted to have record deals. And so there was a big open space for that. And I had experience at that and some success. But the, the tension and the deadlines and the stresses of television music was way worse than the record business. Plus, I had a family. And so I was basically having working towards a nervous breakdown and I needed to get healthy. I had a panic attack and I went to a therapist and the therapist suggested meditation. And I had been trying to do this on and off since I was 17. And I said, boy, if this is what the therapist is prescribing to me, I better figure out how to do it. <laughs> and I made a connection between practicing music and practicing meditation. And music, when you're trying to play something and you make a mistake, you don't beat yourself up and say, you know, I'm not worth uh, anything. I can't do this. What you do is you just do it over again. You just repeat it until you get it right, until your muscle memory locks in. And I made the connection. I said, well, if it works in music, why wouldn't it work in this other practice? Instead of beating myself up, that I can't focus, just try again to bring your attention back to what you're supposed to be focusing on. And when I made that connection, I can do this because I've done it in this other practice. 
Then it started to work and I saw all these other connections and I called them bridges between musical practice and mindful meditation practice or meditative mindfulness practice. And so often that's what people need is that encouragement, that confidence to know that you can do this. And I thought, well, musicians and music lovers, people that are music, musically minded, music heads, they should know that they already have these proclivities, these sensibilities, these experiences from music that they can carry over to these other practices, which do help with anxiety, depression, and much, much more. And so I figured I want people to know this. I want other people to know about it, other musicians and music lovers. I want them to know. And so I wrote a book and I, I was already teaching at USC one class about uh, music and media, including video games, television, and movies. And I incorporated the mindfulness into that. And the chairman of the department came to me and he said, I'm putting you down next semester as teaching mindfulness, music and mindfulness. That's what you're going to teach next semester. Until you tell me to take it out of the catalog, I'm staying in the catalog. Apparently, that had been one of the most popular sections that I was teaching was on mindfulness. The students really wanted to know more. And so I started teaching in 2017 a class just on music and mindfulness. I, I don't teach mindfulness per se. I teach music and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, they both go together. And, well, they're bridges to, to each other. So, um, and, uh, and so it just became, I, I saw to my surprise and astonishment that students were listening to me and actually would practice and would give me feedback that for many and many of them, it changed, you know, the way they think, the way they live. That's incredible to have started something, you know, just on, on you know, a whim, not a whim, but a, a suggestion rather in, in a class that you were already covering. And mm-hmm. then to sit back and, you know, I mean, were, were you surprised? When when the reaction was the way it was, I mean, did, did were students coming up to you during that whole uh, time saying, you know, this is making a difference? Or was it more that maybe it was in the background and then you were kind of like, wow, this really made a difference? I didn't know that was that particular piece was making such a difference um, mm-hmm. until the chairman told me that that was what students were telling him. That's incredible. At, at, at that point. And I'm still very, very surprised that anybody's going to actually listen to what I have to say. But they do. <laughs> they do. Sometimes. So much so yeah. much so that you have your very own podcast. Uh, and I'd love that for our listeners to know where they can, you know, find your book in tune as well as um, where they can go to hear your podcast, Wolf in Tune. Because it's like, I, I mean, I know we were laughing, you know, like you're joking around. Why, why would someone want to listen to me? But obviously they do. And, and they're and they. Obviously, you must have been at some point realized, wow, this is this is a need and I need to reach more people than just my classroom, which maybe was the reason why you started. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'd love to know. And I'm sure the listeners are saying, hey, be quiet so we can hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it goes back to the same thing. You know, when you when you discover when you read a great book, you want to tell your friends about it. Right. Or you see mm-hmm. a great movie. You, you talk to your friends about it. So. I discovered, for me, discovering these bridges connecting these practices, I wanted people to know about it. And since 
it seemed to have an effect on the students at USC. I just figured I would put it down in a book that more people could have access to. And um, so that's what happened. And um, there, are, I, there are musicians that are giving that feedback. And then I figured, well, why not do a podcast on this subject, the, the connections between these practices and how it affects mental health specifically in the music industry. And then people can leverage that beyond the music industry. So the podcast is everywhere. There are podcasts, Wolf and Tune podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever there are podcasts. And um, we have guests ranging from neuroscientists on the mindfulness side and the head of UCLA and USC mindfulness researches and, and centers to musicians, producers, and other musicians that practice meditation and uh, mindfulness practices. And as far as the book is concerned, it's available when bookstores were open and all kinds <laughs> of bookstores and chains, Barnes and Noble and similar chains or Amazon it, it has it. So it's, it's not hard to find. That's awesome. I'd love to know, you know, if, if there's a maybe a personal account of when you were able to share this, either with a student or perhaps even the people that were working in your uh, music production and publishing company at the Producers Lab, where some of these tools were obviously available to them. Was there a difference in maybe the behavior or how people were um, even handling workloads? Can you kind of talk about just sort of maybe some uh, some examples that you saw firsthand of people that were actually working with you that have used these uh, methods as well? Well, it's, it's funny. I think the people that I tended to have stick around were always people that had deep souls. I think those were the kinds of people before I ever started to practice mindfulness and meditation those were the people that um that we were attracted to each other i mean and certainly in my collaborations i think when you collaborate with another musician there's a communication a connection that's spiritual on some level mm. at least that's those were the connections that i had they're they're they transcend ego it's like you know it's a form of a form of loving kindness because you're sub submerging your own ego into somebody else's ego. At least those are the collaborations that I was used to with the people in the studio. And then I, I always hired interns. And so I was hiring interns that were students of mine. So they already, some of them practice mindfulness and um, they're incredible people. And, uh, you know, my main collaborators now are all former students. So um, they come already with a certain degree of uh, wisdom. And would you say that uh, with these bridges that you're speaking of, would you say that with music and mindfulness and that and like you said, that spiritual connection that happens when you do create music with other people, uh, would you say that there's a there's an element of um, productivity that happens when the stress and sort of that, you know, anxiety that naturally kind of comes, you know, we kind of have to work against it. Would you say that that's, that's increased the pr productivity in, in maybe even 
your own collaborations that you've seen or perhaps in your work life? I mean, I'd love to know a little bit again about that kind of um, example that our listeners can kind of get their heads around it. If, if it's something that is very foreign to them tonight, if, you know, if you're tuning in and these are things that you haven't heard of, I'm just trying to give some more examples of um, some things that might even be able to be applied in, um, in other businesses that are around the world right now, especially where people are working from home and they are um, obviously feeling a little bit more isolated and disconnected with people. Well, I would I'd say a few things. I'd say, first of all, I would never claim that one has to practice either meditation or mindfulness in order to be creative or productive. Uh, obviously, there's a right, lot of productivity of going on with that. <laughs> um, but where, what I would say is where it's helpful in terms of creativity and productivity is you learn how to be less judgmental and you learn how to look at things more the way they are rather than telling a story about it and confusing it with the static of your own thinking. Uh, I think one of the wisest things I ever heard was from a TV show. I think it was Friends where somebody said, we don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. So when you start seeing things the way they are, you can be a little more objective about it and see it more clearly. And that's very, very helpful no matter what you're doing, if it's in terms of relationships, whether they're professional relationships or personal relationships, be able to see things the way they are. Um, And mindfulness helps you with that because you're training yourself to not evaluate everything, to not be critically judgmental about everything that's in your experience, but to be able to tolerate it, to coexist with it, maybe even have compassionate towards it. Mm. And yes, there are things that mindfulness practice helps with in terms of just practicalities um, besides creativity. For instance, with creativity, I just want to finish that thought. You're less negative. Also, the negativity, as David Lynch said in his book, is the enemy of creativity. And as David Lynch said with meditation, you're less negative about what you're doing. You're you're less critical, as I said before, about when you're playing the piano, you don't beat yourself up if you make a mistake. Um, And also, you learn how to let go. You know, you let go of your breath. If you hold on to your breath, you're going to suffocate, right? And so when you meditate, you're learning how to let go of things and just let them be. And you have to do that with projects, with artworks. You know, you have to learn how to just say, I did the best I can with this song or this painting and uh, let go of this perfectionist idea and go on to the next one. In terms of productivity, learning how to let go is very important. So a lot of times I've, I've written with people, they were so perfectionist, they could not let go. They couldn't finish a work, uh, a song or a record or whatever. It's because they, they had this ideal that it had to reach, which was just never going to be reached. You have to let go of these ideals and see things the way they are and hear things the way they are and accept it when it's done and let go. I love that. As you're talking, I realize... I think I was holding my breath, so I'm I'm now <laughs> my breathing. I mean, it's a good it's a good reminder. I'm thinking, wait, am I? Oh, I am. I'm holding my breath. So everyone out there, you better be breathing, <laughs> listeners. Um, well, there's there's so many there's so many more questions I want to ask you, but 
um, you know, and, and your time is valuable and I greatly appreciate what you've already shared. And I, I'd love to, I'd love for, for our listeners out there to, to hear some advice if, as in particular, if they are in the music world, uh, either as a creator, uh, as an indie artist, as someone that appreciates music, are there some thoughts, encouragement that you can share for those folks that are perhaps on the, you know, up and coming in the music scene, whether it's uh, writing or recording or wanting to get into the sync world? Are there some things that you wish that maybe someone had told you um, or some things that you've discovered that you think, wow, I really need to tell people about this. I, I think our listeners would really appreciate that. Well, there's a lot of things. Um, and we could go on ad infinitum, of course. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the motivation, what is the intention of what you're doing? What is your motivation here? And I think sincerely, most of the time, and certainly in my life, the motivation has always been to create something meaningful, to create something beautiful out of the love, not knowing who will like it or who won't like it, who will buy it or who won't buy it, but to create something that means something to you. And that's always been the primary motivation. And it, you don't, you know, you're not penny wise and pound foolish. If you're just starting out, you do things that may not make business sense to some people, but it makes sense in the long run. Uh, I've seen cases where I guess I'm not going to mention names, but people had an opportunity to write on huge, a huge record. They wrote on the huge record, didn't get writer's credit, but they stuck around. And the people involved understood that they needed this person. And next time they gave this person writer's credit and, and this person wrote hit after hit. But this person was uh, happened to be a born-again uh, religious person and just believed, had faith that it would work out. And he loved what he did, and he got rewarded for it in the end. That's an extreme example. But um, I, I, when I started in television as a composer, I had to prove myself. Here I was producing and getting paid six figures for two songs. And I had an opportunity to score. I really wanted to score. And I had to do for a huge company, for Warner Brothers, to prove myself, I have to score pretty much 80% of an episode for free to show them that I could do it. And, wow. Uh, My goodness. And and worked out great. And it was the same thing with the very first record that, you know, uh, that, that I was a co-producer on that was, wasn't my own artist. Um did it for very little money, but that's the, if you do something good, then hopefully, and some of the time, the world catches up to you. Uh, mm. Not all the time, and sometimes it takes a long time. You have to persevere, but the world, there's a good chance the world will catch up to you. And now, I think, in many ways, life is, is easier for artists. It probably balances itself out, but... In terms of creating, you have so many more tools. You do it so much more inexpensively. And your access to audiences, you don't have to necessarily go through that narrow spigot of the major labels. Certainly not when you're starting out. You could go up to a certain level all on your own. And so um, there definitely are advantages in, in, at this time 
the world of music is always changing. It's always moving with technology. And you have to be flexible enough to keep up with it, keep up with the changes in the technology and uh, in the way things are being done. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule. There are people like um, Jack White, who doesn't keep up and has a whole career by not keeping up. Right. But for most <laughs> of the rest of us, uh, we have to be flexible. And, um, you know, you're, you're motivated from love and love of what you're doing and a sincere desire to be to do something that's beautiful and that's meaningful for people and helpful people. And at the same time that you can move with just maybe a little bit ahead of the wave, but don't resist it, you know, go with it. That's awesome. You are such a beautiful soul. My goodness. Well, I can't stop it, smiling. It's, <laughs> it's just so nice to hear your positivity and the way that you really are living the words that you say. And I think it's it's really a, a lovely treat to have you on the show tonight. And I hope that listeners have um, hope their hearts have been touched like mine have. And uh, I know that they'll want to, of course, get your book and listen to your podcast, but also follow you on social media. Um, and so if you don't mind just telling us uh, the name that you go by, I, I know sometimes um, it's, it's always different with social media and the, and and there may not be a Richard Wolf available, so you may have chosen something else. But if, if folks are listening uh, tonight, I'd love for them to be able to find you. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for uh, reaching out to me. And thank you very much for um, allowing me this time to talk. And um, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing, where you're coming from. And um, people can find me. It's Wolf and Tune. On Instagram, there's a Wolf and Tune page on Facebook and LinkedIn. It's Richard Wolf, um, but uh, and Twitter it's Wolf and Tune. So um, that's where we are. That's awesome. Well, that's that's easy to remember actually. So that's um that's nice. It's not Wolf four nine one one three nine ten. You know, <laughs> which would be a little bit harder. People are right. Wait, what was that? Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's been so lovely to connect with you and, uh, and I'm so proud of what you're doing and, and super impressed with the catalog of, of not only talent, uh, but, but what you're doing in the world to, to help make it a better place. And, uh, so thank you for being our guest tonight and folks be sure to follow Richard Wolf and, uh, and be sure to give him support. Uh, he's definitely promoting really lovely things that I think the world needs to needs to hear now more than ever and uh and these are tools that can that can help us which is great so thank you so much for your time richard and and have a beautiful evening and folks we're going to get back to the music right here on heart of indie radio